when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited. I have a great guest today. His name is Ryan Weiss, and he is the author of From Orangutan to Rocket Scientist. Boy, do I got a lot of questions about this one. But we're going to learn about setting up processes in your business and why that's so important, and more importantly, how it affects your business moving forward. So, Ryan, how the heck are you, man, and where the heck are you, man? I'm, I'm doing awesome, and I am down here in sunny Florida right now, so it's uh, it's it, yeah, it's a great place to be. I got my coffee. I love your I love your intro, by the way. I love the uh, the bacon and what's what better way to start a morning? So we are here to talk about orangutans and rocket scientists, and of course, down in Florida, they have real rocket scientists because they take a lot of rockets up. I mean, have you met Elon Musk yet? There, I mean, you know, is he could do another launch today? I, I have not. I follow a lot of the stuff that he does. I find him fascinating, but uh, but I have not met him. No. Uh, let's get everybody who doesn't know you. Give us the base. Awesome. Yeah, so thanks for having me on the show. My name is Ryan Weiss. The company is EPS Zone, so epszone.com. And I started this company about six years ago. I was in the corporate world for about 17 years. We moved to Asia and back twice. We moved seven times in total. And uh, and, and I, I had some great experiences. But along the way, I, I learned some things and I really found that I had a passion for uh, people and process and mm-hmm. figuring out how I was going to pull, pull those things together and ultimately create a company out of it is really what drove me to uh, to do this. I launched a, my company about six years ago now. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been that long. That's fun, man. And, okay, so we we were at a breakfast meeting and um, and you mentioned something about toilet paper. You know my book, Toilet Paper Math. And you said that toilet paper has how many different kinds of adhesive on it? Yeah, toilet paper has four different types of adhesives. Well, at least the good stuff does, right? It has four mm-hmm. different types of adhesives. And uh, I spent, yeah, I spent 17 years in a, in a company that manufactures adhesives. So the, uh, the, the first adhesive is making that core. So the, uh, the internal core. The mm-hmm. second adhesive that gets applied is the, uh, is actually kind of the one that people are most familiar with. It's like the last sheet when you're trying to get the last sheet off of that mm-hmm. roll. Uh, so you got that last sheet. That's actually the first sheet that gets wound onto the roll. And so that adhesive has to be really aggressive and really fast, mm-hmm. but then, but then it's going to completely disappear because people want to be able to get that last sheet off. Right. So that's the second one. The third one is if you get the two ply stuff, you know, between the plies of, of uh, toilet paper mm-hmm. it actually has a, a little bit of adhesive there to hold those together. And then the final one is when you pull the first, um, the first sheet of toilet paper off the roll, mm-hmm. it, uh, it sort of, you know, you know, kind of pulls away there. So four completely different adhesives, different technologies to, uh, to make all those things successful. So your new book coming out is called what? It's from orangutan to rocket scientist, mm-hmm. how to lead and engage your team with effective process. Okay. So explain 
the orangutan part of that. I, you know, I get maybe it's the the sapiens. You know, are you going back to the you know the the caveman days, or how does that work? No, so so uh, this this actually goes back to when I first started linking people and process together, and mm -hmm. I was uh, in my corporate role. I was actually going out and training a bunch of people on process. But then one day I was at the Henry Dorley Zoo in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this this sign about these, this orangutan that lived there, I think in like the 50s or 60s. I forget the, the actual time period, but this was a, a, sign, a huge sign next to the orangutan cage. Talked about this orangutan named Fu Manchu and how he kept escaping from the cage. And he was making creating chaos all around the zoo. And, uh, and, and so as they were you know, trying to figure out that the head zookeeper, right? The, mm -hmm. the guy in charge was actually getting upset. He was going to fire somebody. Like, why are you guys so careless? Why do you keep letting the orangutans out? Until one day they saw a Fu Manchu over by the door and he's playing around. All of a sudden the door pops open and, uh, and he gets out and the other orangutans follow him and they go wreak havoc in the, uh, in the zoo. Party! And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, so I linked this together with the tools, skills, and process, and uh, and that's that's kind of how the book starts: is is talking about what's required to change, what's required to get out of your cage, or to do something different. The key question then is, how does it go from orangutan to rocket science? Yeah. So everybody is needs these three things to change or to grow or to or to develop and uh, and what i often find is that organizations whether mm -hmm. that's uh you know no no matter what type of organization rocket scientists or you know chemical companies or uh you know restaurants there, there are three th those same three things are required you need to have tools you need mm -hmm. to have skills and you need to have mindset and uh and that's what the, the orangutan really demonstrated. He had to have a tool. He had to have a, a lock pick to get out. He had to have you know the skills. He had to know how to use them. Mm -hmm. And then he had to have the mindset. And most organizations spend a ton of time you know, talking about tools and skills, but that mindset piece is, uh, is, is often what's missing. And, and rocket scientists need the same types of things in order mm -hmm. to create the energy in their organization and go where they need to go. Right. And, and, you know, the mindset can also be looked at as purpose too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So let's, let's kind of dive into it. Let's get to the brass tacks of what we're going to be talking about today. So you have three core points in this book that you try to get across. So what's point number one? Yeah. So the first thing is really that uh, clearly aligned processes enable your team to uh, to perform and mm -hmm. ultimately fulfill your organization's purpose. So so in the rocket, there are these five P's that I talk about. Um, but that sentence that I just said is is really the foundation. The purpose of your rocket is the point. Where are you focusing? Where are you going to? If you're not pointing it in the right direction, then nobody in your organization knows where we're going. They right. they know maybe what they're responsible for today, but they don't know where they're going. And then you've got the product. So what's your payload that you're taking to Mars, right? You mentioned Elon Musk before. His purpose is crystal clear at SpaceX. They're, they have the purpose that they're going to Mars and everybody knows it. Someday we're going to colonize Mars. And the payload is going to be the, you know, the humans that are going to go there and be able to survive on Mars mm -hmm. and performance metrics, right? How do we know where we're at today and where we're going in the future? What are the metrics we use? And then you come down to the people. So who are the people who are uh, the rocket scientists, the, the people who are bringing this all together? And the bottom of the rocket ship is your process. If your process isn't working, 
if the if the components of that rocket ship are not working in in coordination in order to go where you think you want to go then uh, then nothing's going to happen right. and, uh, and so those are the five p's of this rocket ship so clearly aligned processes enable your team to perform and ultimately fulfill your organization's purpose is that first key takeaway i love it so what's the second key takeaway so the second one is process without people is wasted mm -hmm. and people without good process are frustrated Mm -hmm. um, I think organizations often find they, they sort of focus on one or the other. Um, some organizations spend a lot of time doing manager training and leader training and things like that. Some focus a lot on like Six Sigma and, and these very specific process related things. But one without the other is, uh, is you know, is, is going to cause you some type of problem. So, you know, mm -hmm. process without people is waste and people without process are frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So before we get to the third one, there's a joke I want to ask you. Okay. Um, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have a good friend who's a psychologist, but I have no idea. What the, the answer, answer is simple. One. Just one, but the light bulb has to want to change. That's right. <laughs> I'm definitely sharing that with Dr. Dave. That'll be so, fun. <laughs> so take us into the third point because it's all about change. Yeah. So the, the third, um, you know, in order to change, the team must possess the tools, skills, and mindset. Those three things I was talking about with mm -hmm. uh, with the orangutan. And, you know, I often find that one of those is missing. And uh, I've, I've got, you know, some some great clients today that, you know, as we're, as we're talking at the beginning of my engagement with them, they're, you know, what's missing in your organization. And, and, uh, and I've had people say, well, it's the mindset. My people just aren't that engaged. And I said, well, did you hire disengaged people or did they become disengaged over time? Mm -hmm. Maybe going back to point two about, you know, people without process are frustrated. And, uh, and, and so that's the third point, you know, in order to change your team must possess those three things. So jumping off from that point, let's dive in. And one of the things I've learned, you know, especially with writing a book, is people purchase a book because they have a perceived problem or they love the title or things like that. But in order to get somebody to finish a book, they, they, they have to be engaged with the content. So what is the perceived problem that would make somebody want to pick up your book? What's the, what's the core thing? What's, what are they seeing in their business? Yeah, I think there's really sort of two things that are happening. One mm -hmm. is a disengaged team. So we've got uh, some great case studies and, and share some great case studies about those disengaged teams that are, are frustrated. And the second is if you've got broken processes, and I typically ask two questions, um, and, and I think almost all my clients today, in the, the, I would say all my new clients over the past year, I've asked these two questions. The first one is, uh, what, uh, what pain do you experience when people don't follow your process? And when I get people, you know, when people sort of start self-reflecting about, okay, what pain do I experience when people don't follow my process? So a, a CEO or a, a VP of a, of a large team might say, you know, what pain do I experience when people don't follow my process? And sometimes the answer is, I don't have a process, right? Um, but the second question is, uh, what, what pain does your organization experience when your process breaks down? So mm -hmm. even if you do have a good process, what pain is your uh, your organization feeling when when that process doesn't go as planned? Mm -hmm. And so it's really those two questions I think uh, that that help people and 
And if they have pain or their organization mm -hmm. has pain, then, uh, then this book will walk you through the steps for, uh, you know, for how to look at, evaluate and, uh, and come to some resolution on, on fixing it. So if somebody has, if somebody has a pain, you know, let me give you an example of something that happens in my business in the website world, right? Um, customers are taught that more traffic equals more business, right? You know, and so they, they think that, you know, if I can get more traffic to my website, just do SEO, do more SEM, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. If I get more traffic, I'm going to get more business. And I've, and the perceived problem was we're not getting enough traffic to our website, right? And I've worked with a, a handful of customers that, you know, basically have said, you know, get us more traffic to our website. And I said, are you sure that's what you want? And they were spending like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on advertising and SEO and all this other stuff. And so what we did is we shut all that stuff off and the traffic went down, right? You know, it, it just immediately started going down. It got down to nothing. One customer went from 5,000 to 1,500, uh, you know, hits per month on their website. And they came back to me and they said, hey, you know, our website is getting like a third of the traffic we were getting before. I said, okay, well, how are your sales? And they said, our sales have improved because they were getting more targeted people there. They weren't getting tire kickers, people that were eating up their time, right? So the, the key point is they were taught that more traffic equals more business when in reality, targeted tra traffic, less traffic actually equaled more business. So what is, what's kind of that analogy in, in what you do for customers that they see something and they're kind of misunderstanding the real issue? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I alluded to sort of this this case study a little bit ago mm -hmm. that I had a client uh, early January of 2021. So it was about almost exactly a year ago that uh, approached me and said, hey, my team is stressed out. My team is frustrated. Uh, you know, they're, they're struggling. They're sort of floundering, right? Mm -hmm. The COVID situation had completely disrupted. And so the, the people were frustrated. They were, they were struggling. And, um, and we, we actually did a, uh, a survey on, on Mentimeter. I, I use Mentimeter as, as sort of a tool to facilitate these discussions. And so, yeah. so we're, we're working with this client and talking to them about, you know, the, so asking, asking these folks, you know, how do you feel today in, in terms of being overworked and work-life balance and clarity of your role and frustrate, you know, stress or frustration. And in early 2021, they were way over to the left, right? They were like, it was, it, they were feeling terrible. And when, when the CEO introduced us to the team, they're like, we don't have time for this. We don't have time to document our processes and, and look at what our, you know, we're, we're trying, we're spinning around with our, you know, just everything's going crazy. And, and, um, but we, she proceeded with it with her team. And as we went through it, we asked them again at the end, how do you feel with these things? And, um, and it was two to three times improvement in terms of stress level, clarity of their roles, the work-life balance, because after documenting their processes, even though this was perceived as an added thing they had to do, mm -hmm. the, the documentation and the clarity of their processes and alignment between people was really the core problem. That was the thing that was causing them right. to spin around. And, and so that's, I think, to your point, it's the perceived problem was my team's frustrated. They're crazy. They're going, you know, they're, we're struggling. There's we're, we're chaos fathers. everywhere. I mean, they're, they're yeah. now having to work from home. They have to deal with the kids. They have to still get work done. Nobody can find them because their work phone isn't transferring. They're working on their cell phones. I mean, things just are, you know, it was, it was quite the, the yeah. craziness. And, and I think one of the biggest challenges during that time frame 
was that customers, you know, companies wanted to take the processes that they had in place and try to transfer them to a completely disruptive situation, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's huge. And, and so you were able to at least get them, you know, they perceived it to be this. And then by the time you figured it out, it was something different. Yeah. Okay, so the next piece of this puzzle is what is the solution to the problem, the real problem, the perceived problem? And, and basically, I think you've kind of covered it, but I want you to go into some more detail. What is um, What are the things when you come up with the solution, and it's not necessarily the process of getting to the end result, it's what are the things that they have to kind of capture, right? They have to be able to figure out what are, you know, what are the steps, what are the processes, what are the, the loophole? Like you said, where was the hole in the system, right? Yeah. So what's that solution? What do they have to look at? So, so the way that I facilitate this, the way I take people through this is thinking about your customer journey map mm -hmm. and, and thinking about your customer's process. As your customer, like how do they become aware of you? How do they become a client? How do you help them? You know, how do they, uh, you know, what's your process for operations and, and for collecting money from them and for, you know, retaining or upselling them? What's that process of your, what your customer goes through? And the reason that I start there is that if I start with an individual department, I think a lot of organizations, they think of process and they say, we should look at our operations department. That's where our process is. And, and then you, and then you start sub optimizing these operational processes because each department or each part of your operation says, well, this is what my process is and this is what my process is. And, and, and when, when we take a step back from all of that, the first process I want to build with any organization is what does your customer's process look like as they interact with your organization? Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and I take them through a, uh, something called a SIPOC. It's a, process map that is often used in like lean and six sigma for internal stuff mm -hmm. but i've i i found years ago i, I started looking at this and i want to look at my customer's process first and understand that and then i can understand what pain am i actually causing them or what pain could i be solving that i'm not solving mm -hmm. and uh, and so i take folks through this exercise of looking at their customer process in a different way and then from that Let's subordinate all of our processes to ensuring that the client process is working smoothly. And, and what that does is it takes all the friction away between, well, I do it my way because of this and I do it my way because of that. Mm -hmm. And it starts saying, forget all that stuff. Let's do it the right way for the customers, the customer's process. And all of a sudden, if we subordinate all of our processes to the customer, um, it takes away that friction between employees that, uh, that are having, you know, conflict about why they want to do things their own way and it says let's do it the best way for the customer and uh, and, and strangely what happens is employees start you know sort of their walls start breaking down and they say mm -hmm. you're right let's let's do it that way right instead of instead of making it protectionist it's about let's do the right thing right and it, i could see how it creates that cohesiveness between everybody and so so basically what you're saying in the solution is number one you have to look at it from the customer's perspective and then look at how your processes fit along that journey and look for the places where there are pain points where there are holes where you could do it better where your team could interact in a way that's going to make it more efficient all of those things combined right 
Absolutely. That's that's exactly right. You, f- you figured out the magic to the book, right? That, that, that's right. It, and this can be really be transformational for an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it's, it's not just about saying, let's incrementally improve a process or something. It's really about, you know, it, it can really be transformational in how you service your existing clients and mm-hmm. how you approach them and how you solve the pain or need that they, that they have. And, uh, and that's, that's one of the super exciting things as I work with clients on these type of things is, uh, is, is going through that process and I, identifying, understanding, and then solving mm-hmm. um, what, that, what that looks like. Right. So, okay. So now let's define the process that you go through. All right. What is, what are the steps? Now, if somebody was to do this themselves or what do you take them through, you know, either way, what is the things that they have to do? What's the order? What's the, the concepts that they're trying to gather in, you know, to get to that outcome that we're looking for? Yeah. So great question. So the, the first thing is we, we so we have, and uh, folks who buy the book or, you know, we can, we'll have the, uh, uh, strategy map as a downloadable template on our, on our website, mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, being able to look at your strategy and saying, where are we at today? Right. Looking at the current state of your purpose, product, performance, people, process, and saying, what gaps do we have today? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if you look at where are we going in the future, the purpose, and then you look at our product, what do we sell today? That's the nose cone of the ship, the, the payload and, and the direction that it's pointing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and doing some gap assessment of, are we selling today what we want to be selling in the future? Are we, you know, the, the, those questions you just asked about who are my clients and, um, you know, what is it that we're actually uh, selling to them and, you know, how are we selling it to them? That, that stuff's all in the nose cone there. Mm-hmm. So, so thinking about where we are today and where do we want to be in the future is a little bit of a gap assessment. Then the next layer down is something, the performance metrics, the dashboard, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about the CEO or the, the head of the department saying, um, I'm going to figure this all out on my own. It's about how do you transfer that? This is why performance comes in between people. It's right. not that people are less important than performance. I think, I think sometimes CEOs get that wrong. Like, I, I just need to figure out, you know, if, if I make my performance, I don't care about my people. That's, that's a terrible idea. That's, that's not why performance comes above people. Right. The, the, the concept here is quality, value, and speed. Get your people to buy in and create those metrics that matter to them, that are aligned with your purpose, right? The mm-hmm. people have to know it's aligned with your purpose. But, um, but once that alignment comes together, now we get down to people and, uh, and the ownership that they take at, at you know, working on their metrics, making right. sure that they're solving the product problems you have today and, mm-hmm. and you know, going towards that vision of the purpose in the future. So now we understand, you know, the perceived problem, the real problem, the solution, you know, of, of getting, of aligning those things. And then the actual process that people have to go through. And like you said, there is no exact order. You just don't do bing, 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 bing. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more, you've got to look at it holistically. So what does this do to a company in, in the long term? You know, not just a short term, because I'm sure, you know, immediately there's going to be some pain points. There's going to be some glitches. There are going to be those things. But what's the what's the big outcome that comes from that? So so the big outcome is the human energy. It's the engagement of employees that uh, that, that really start working together cohesively mm-hmm. and, uh, and propelling the rocket ship. So I, you know. When I when I first started down this path, and, and this has been a journey. I think you mentioned you you know when you write books, you 
you, you're putting this framework in your mind and you're testing different ideas and trying to figure out like, how does this stuff all, you know, I want to make sure I can articulate it. I want to make sure that it all works together and things like mm -hmm. that. The, um, the, the thing that I find is that the human energy, the engagement is, is the outcome. It's actually, um, it propels people mm -hmm. to, uh, to do the right things for the right reasons and to, and to, uh, to be engaged because one of the, you know, one of the problems is that if, if your organization lacks trust, if the people don't feel that they're trusted by management, or if they feel that they're sub-optimizing their process, they may not think of it that way, but, but they think, oh, my process, if everybody would just follow it, it would be better. You know, people get disenfranchised, they get mm -hmm. disengaged. No, this has been, I love your questions. This has been super fun. So, yeah, no, it's been fun for me too. And so, if people wanted to get a hold of you or get a hold of the book, what's the best way for them to do all that stuff? Yeah. So, they can send me an email, ryan at epszone.com, or they can check out the uh, our website is www.epszone.com. Um, or they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Love to connect with people. And this is my passion. This is what I love to do. So I'm yeah. happy to engage and talk. So thanks, Ryan, for coming on, man, and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.